following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Corn on the cob fan, yeah. So I had some before we came over. Made uh, found a great new meat market in New Glarus. Bacon and Swiss burgers, three different kinds of brats. We had a gift card. I spent fifty bucks. I got so much stuff, and we got some sweet corn, and I boiled that up and made it. And you're a guy like me, in that you ever notice that when we eat sweet corn. There's this residual butter smell because it's all over our facial hair. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, I can't go to bed with that. <laughs> you got to wipe your face I had, off. I yeah. feel, well, but, like, when you put the paper towel on it, you just smear it everywhere. So it's like I had to go, and I felt like I just needed to take a shower just to get all that because, like, you, like, oh, I smell like sweet corn. Yeah, I am it's a— just always over. I am a heavy— Butter and salt guy oh, yeah, on corn. For sure. And, and like, you know, people say, oh, that's terrible for you. Listen, I don't eat butter and salt. I don't put I don't put salt on my food, so right. it's you know Here's here's your treat for sweet corn. Oh yeah. That's sweet corn is like I was about good ready stuff. to walk out, I'm like Oh god, that's right, I eat sweet corn. And like my facial hair just yeah. reeks of butter and salt. And Could smell worse. Yeah, but I mean the just the, the meat market, uh, I think it's called, and we are not getting endorsed by anything as of yet. We're still waiting for this to uh, absolutely blow up, so uh, please tell your friends. Uh, Hosley's Meat Market, it's right on the main drag as you go by New Glarus. It's absolutely fantastic. Nice. Awesome stuff. So, uh, welcome back to the Intentional Foul. It's been, what, three weeks? Yeah, I Something think so. like that? Yeah. Um, Nobody's and, been asking. I was just wondering. <laughs> some people have been asking. Yeah, uh, I, right. did talk to, uh, I did talk to uh, the AD over at Whitewater. met with him, Ryan Callahan. Um, yesterday for about an hour and a half, and, and we talked about the podcast a little bit. Oh, wow. so he 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 listens, he likes it. Um, so there we we have a fan over in Whitewater. So now if Brian could spread the word to his people and the players, and then go around campus, I know I know Pat would. I think enough people over there already think that you and I are a couple of idiots. I don't know that we need to advertise that anymore, do we? <laughs> well, they're gonna find out once again that in I'm a couple of weeks idiot, yes. how big of an idiot you are. I just. <laughs> My my idiocy is is twenty years old. I, I I'm keeping it there. Thank you for the confidence yeah, for in sure. that. By the way, no which you got me now. You got in my head uh, about the uh, the whole fan base over there because when we announced and made the big, you know, we're partnering with Whitewater at Big Radio for the whatever, and some random dude who was a fan of the last guy that called the t- called the games, he tweeted that I was on the hot seat. Wow, I was like. I don't even know you, and I haven't even called a game yet. Why are you coming at me and saying that I better do a good job? Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So now I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of angst and a little bit of pressure, and we're, not, we're still a month away from the first game, and it's building. Well, as Jalen Rose would say, just don't get fired. No, I don't think that's <laughs> – I don't think – well, we have a two-year contract, so if it doesn't get renewed, if we make it through the two years it doesn't get renewed, then I know that I was a failure. 
That's all that. Just blame Coach O for it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that'll go well. He'll, <laughs> he'd probably take it the hardest. Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, do some NFL stuff. Trade deadline in baseball was on uh, Tuesday afternoon. We'll talk about that. It's tough news in the NBA. And then we also have uh, have a feature that we've done some homework on, which we haven't done in quite some time. So we'll get to that kind of at the, uh, at the end of that. But... Uh, there's football on on Thursday. I know. It's crazy. I, I just happened to find that out today. I When I was typing up the notes, I was like, God, what, what weekend is opening again? So I went to ESPN's schedule, and it's like, yeah, there's a game tomorrow. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought the Hall of Fame game was always on a weekend. But yeah, I guess I I thought it was always on, like, I, Saturday night or something or whatever. Whatever I, day. I never really paid attention yeah, to it. I don't it. know. It just never seemed like it was on a Thursday. So but it's, it's Jacksonville and, and the Raiders. And the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. You going to watch any? No. No, I don't watch preseason so football. So anxious for no. football to get back. Don't yeah, I am. It. The regular season. I don't care. The only thing I care about the preseason is who gets hurt. Seriously. Like, that's yeah. the only thing that's, of interest. Yes. I mean, nope. I don't mean that, like, that's callously. True. No, but that's because that's you know, the, who, the, it's usually the major news uh, out of training. That's really game. all that matters. Yes. You know, no, I mean, nobody's going to just show up and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, you know, we thought Matthew Stafford was going to be the quarterback of the Rams this year, but this guy showed up and he just beat him out. Like, that's that's not it's not happening. No. So. All right. Um, you want to start with the Bears, or you want me to talk about the Packers? I can start with the Bears. Go ahead. Um, New affiliate on WCLO starting next week. By the way, next week Bears preseason starts next week. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that Thursday. Out. Night. I will check. I will listen okay. to some of that All right. for sure. Um, I haven't because as I don't watch preseason games, I don't read a ton in the preseason about what's going on. Well, you're I kinda, the opposite of me. I, I kind of. I, I catch snippets here and there, um, especially this week. I, you know, I've kind of been immersed with the baseball stuff, so I haven't really paid any attention. But it's been kind of a mixed bag out of the Bears um, training camp from some of the, the guys I follow on Twitter. I think there's a little, and I don't know if the Packers, you get this as much with the Packers, and maybe it's because of Rodgers versus Fields and where they are in their careers. But it seems like almost like every thing that these that he does is like dissected right now out of Bears camp. That's Jordan Love. Okay. Right now. Okay, fair. That's the equivalent. Yeah, and and I and I don't really have any interest in that because it's practice. Like you try things in practice that you may not necessarily try in a game. Um i I just you know if you came and watched me practice you could think I'm the greatest player in the world or you could think I'm the worst player in the world. I, I I just don't know. I mean, I understand the the thirst for the knowledge of football is is huge, and these guys are making money off report. I get all that, but I'm just not that interested in it. You're saying everything that I was going to say when I was going to talk about the Packers, only because Michael is very much sending me links and tweets and stuff, and I I follow 10 beat writers for the Packers, and they all come at it from different angles, but it's like you're hyping up guys – that are had that sometimes haven't even put pads on yet. Right. They're in helmets. They're running routes. There's no contact. There's no tackling to the ground. Like there's none of that stuff. And like you said, there's different schemes that you're trying and putting people in new positions. And it's like sometimes you're playing against second string, third string guys that won't even be on the team on the 53 man roster. But yet they're doing such a good job of running the hype train to get people excited about it. I have to remind myself. Step back because you have to look at it as a whole and what you just said. Yeah. As in all this stuff that you're saying and hyping up doesn't mean anything 
if when week one they all hit the field and you don't see any of what you've been talking about for the last six weeks. Right. Like there was something I saw that was like, is Daz Newsom going to be the next uh, bear receiver to step up and do whatever? And, it's and, like, said, and I'm like, shit, I don't know, is he? I would like have you said, tell, did, he, did, he, did, did, did he get a hand transplant? Because dude couldn't catch a cold last year. I'm I, I'm just saying. I don't know. And, it's, you know, I read, like, the first paragraph of the thing, and it was like, Daz Newsom caught four balls, three of them on the rookie corner. Okay. And? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Is it, did he take his helmet off and it was actually Jerry Rice in his prime? Like, where's the news here? I don't get it. So there's that. Um, the interesting stuff for me is more of the team building aspect of it and then some of the comments that players are making when, when they're being talked to. Which so, you have sent to me. There's been a couple of funny current ones. Current and former. Yeah, there's been a couple of funny ones. Well, the first thing is Tevin Jenkins, oh. who was the Bears' second-round pick last year, offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State, I believe. They traded up for him. Yeah, traded up for him. Had a lot of questions coming out about injuries, especially his back. back. Pace drafts him anyway. He misses, I think, the first, like, 13 games of the season, plays the last couple, does not play well, and now apparently is on the trading block with the new regime that is in there. It's just another example of really the incompetence of the last regime on draft day. Um, You know, you expect your GM to hit on the early round guys and to take flyers in the late round. Well, Ryan Pace and the Bears did the opposite. They take a flyer on Kevin White. They take a flyer on Trubisky. These are gamble picks. They're not taking the sure guy. But then in the back end of the draft is where they're actually finding real players that are actually on their team contributing. So it it it's disappointing if this kid gets traded. I mean, obviously, you, you spend that kind of draft capital, you hope, that he works out, and and he's you drafted him because you drafted a quarterback in the first round. Well, not only that, but the offensive line has been one of the yeah. worst position groups for the last however many years that and, you need help with. And you've got this kid who you're trying to figure out in this really short three- to four-year window that you have as a team now when you draft a quarterback. Is he any good? Can he lead our team for 10 years? We don't know that because we can't keep him on he's his feet. His, yeah, he's getting his ass kicked. He's running for his life, so... It's it's disappointing to see that. I, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys in, in Roquan Smith and um, Robert Quinn on the other side of the ball. You know, Robert Quinn wants to be traded. I don't know what's going on there. I believe he did report, um, as did Roquan Smith, but Roquan Smith wants a new contract, and I think he will get it because he is he is the face of their D, and he's really good. Um, so they will pay him. It's just I just hope it doesn't drag into the season where not that the Bears are going to be any good, but where it becomes an issue. Um, but some of the comments coming out of Bears camp, you know, it's funny when you get a new coach, you always get the oh gee, he really disciplines us, and boy, things are different. But this is a, it's hitting a little differently for me as a Bears fan when I hear some of the guys that were on the team under Nagy taking some shots at Nagy and the staff out the door. Um, I can't remember who said it. I I think I sent it to you talking about kind of the lack of preparation. Khalil Herbert? I think so, yeah. Talking about 
the lack of preparation really just going into games week to week that he feels already with this new staff. They're getting us they're, ready. They're, they're much more prepared. Yeah. Um, and then the one that got the most traction was Trubisky, um, where he basically just said, you know, in when he was in Buffalo last year, one of the things he saw that allows Josh Allen to be such a great player is that the coaching staff allows him to be himself and play to his strengths, whereas Trubisky, when he was with the Bears, felt like they were trying to jam him into this box, you know, square peg in a round hole, because that's what Nagy wanted. And Nagy was, and you really saw that throughout the tenure, even up until the last game, like Nagy was bound and determined to do it his way, regardless of whether it was the right way, it was his way, and eventually it was his downfall. Does he have a job? He's on. He's back in KC. He is. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. but you know, other than that, not not really too much to report out of the Bears. Well, I mean, they just started practicing in yeah. pads this week, so yeah. it's there's not much. Um, probably the the bigger news out of Green Bay, two things is the offensive line situation with yeah Bakhtiari had another surgery. He spent all year um, on the uh, injured reserve to designated to return. They brought him back for the last regular season game, and then he didn't play in the playoffs. And then he didn't do any of the offseason work and then had another procedure. It just came out, I think, when they reported to camp last week that he had another procedure. And they're, they're being very... I mean, obviously they're being cautious. He's doing group rehab work, uh, individual rehab work. They're not saying what the timeline is for his return, just that he's getting better every day. It's all the company line stuff. Um, and then Elton Jenkins is gone too. So they they have a bunch of offensive linemen, and what I'm reading from um, most of the beat writers is they're having different offensive line combos, which we've seen the last few years in Green Bay for some reason – this has worked out very well in plug and play. Yeah. Guys are knowing other positions, they're playing other positions, they're knowing what to do, they're being successful at what they do, and they're re- things have not really taken a step back as far as that's co- that's concerned, which is impressive to me. Um so Stenovich, who's now the offensive coordinator, apparently did a really good job there. Uh, now that he's OC, I don't know who they have. I think it's I think it's Luke Butkus if my memory serves. He's the he's the. I'm, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's who it is. So we'll see whether that's going to remain the same. It certainly sounds like that's what they're trying to do in training camp. But these guys still not back yet. Um, and the other big thing, Christian Watson had a knee scope. The guy they traded up for in the second round for the receiver, he had a little knee thing that happened after OTAs. I don't know when he's going to come back. He's on the physically unable to perform list. But in the meantime, Romeo Dobbs, a guy that they got late in the draft, I think is out of Nevada. He apparently, and this is where I have to you know, like you, temper my expectations. But these guys have just been absolutely blowing him for the stuff that he's been doing in practice. You know, going up, getting the ball despite his size, going against Eric Stokes, outrunning him, even though Stokes has a, you know, 4-2-40 or whatever it is. I don't know. But, you know, they show a clip of Dobbs just blowing by him and making a great catch. And so all this stuff. So it's like the focus is on no Devontae Adams. We're going to be fine. You know, that's sure. that's nothing the message. Yeah. yeah, that's nothing to see here. That's the message. Lazard, Cobb, Dobbs, you know, Watson when he gets back. Watkins, who he couldn't even make it to the start of training camp. Nope, already hurt. 
Hilarious. Oh, man. So what about that Amari Rogers kid? Is he going to do anything? Apparently, LaFleur worked <clears throat> with him specifically a little bit to the side on Monday and talked to him. They're trying to get him involved. They're trying. He put on some more muscle um, during the offseason, I guess, but they had uh, their doing punt returns or kick returns from the jugs machine, and everybody apparently sucked until Randall Cobb got in there, and then he did a good job. So I've heard people... Just what an, just what an older receiver wants to do. Really? Go and, back and get smashed in the face. And a guy that we're <laughs> probably going to need, you know, in that receiver room who's probably not going to make it the whole season without getting dinged up, Yeah. and nobody else can field a, or return a punt very well? Like, that's not what I want to hear. I thought the special teams was an area that you were trying to improve. Which, <laughs> I've I've read about this Passaccia guy. People love his approach. There's a different... Okay, but give him a, give him some guys then, right? I mean, this is what we talked about last year. I think one of the big problems the Packers had was they didn't have special teams guys. They had regular-ass players playing special teams. They've put Aaron Jones back there for some kickoffs, which also is not what no. I want to hear. Like And now they're having to, to depend on Cobb, it sounds like, because some of these younger guys who went to go do this had a bad day and nobody could catch the damn ball. Jesus. So I, that's going to be a work in progress. It sounds like the defense, Devondre Campbell, still making plays. Rashawn Gary looks awesome, and apparently um, they want to wrap him in bubble wrap just so to protect him so that he's ready for the rest of the season. They're really high on him. I uh, haven't heard too much about the defensive line. Um, Jairi Alexander, they're treating with kid gloves because he's coming off that shoulder injury. Um, but that's those are the things that I'm kind of reading on a day-to-day practice. They're going to practice all five days this week, and then the family night is on is on Friday. So that's that's pretty much where we're at as far as that's concerned. So right on. That is that is Packers <clears throat> stuff. Um, I haven't. You've dipped more into the Deshaun Watson stuff. If we want to go kind of league wide, and that was the thing that kind of made the headlines early this week um, that the uh, they came down in with a six-game suspension, and he's not going to be fined. And now they have until Thursday morning to appeal. And, they, and the NFL is. Yeah, because they wanted him gone for the regular season and the postseason. Which is, like, I, I'm confused by that. I'm confused by that. Like, meaning? Well... He didn't play last year. Correct. And he wasn't... Well, wasn't that a team choice? Well, uh, he wasn't technically suspended. Right. But if the team tells you to not come to work, you're, in in layman's terms, you're suspended. Pretty much. Right? Yeah. So... But it's not in your file. He already missed a year. Yes. And then he wasn't found criminally liable. Everything has been civil. And an independent judge or whatever decided the six games. What is the NFL's motivation for wanting more? That's is it is it PR? Do do they want to come off looking like we really care? We're gonna we're gonna go because I I just don't know why would you want one of your ten best quarterbacks in football on one of the I mean whether you want to say it or not the Browns are an original damn team a lot of Browns fans. Why do you want him to not be there? I'm just confused by that. I don't know this for a fact, and and maybe this is what it is, and I think it's – we have heard so many stories about people that either get suspended or don't, and it's very – it's an uneven plane of what the punishment fits for the violation. Sure. And I don't even know – I'm not saying six games is too many, too – 
I don't even not know. Not enough. What. I don't. I'm not even making a judgment on that. I'm just talking about why do they want? What more? it feels like to me is if you are going to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks and a face of this franchise, and people are needing to revere you, you got to lock your shit up. So it's a deterrent. You're not representing the shield the way that we want you to. So we're going to teach you a lesson, and you just have to sit out. Because like. Until you uh, get until you get your shit together. Yeah, it's just it's bizarre. It, it's That's very the way strange. I, read it. I I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, and when you know, it's it's really hard to compare situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there are all these people that say, you know, Josh Gordon got suspended for a year for right, weed. weed. It's like, well, yeah, but he broke a rule, and it was in the CBA, and it was laid out what it was. Blah 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 blah. I'm I'm not saying he. I mean, he shouldn't be suspended at all for weed. For a lot of these, me, there's but, no playbook. No. You know, Roethlisberger's sexual assault right, thing from a, years ago yep. was X amount of games. I don't know what it was versus, you know, I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, I don't know if the NFL's favored to win this. I don't know. Does then the players union now get involved and now are they, they were going planning after, an appeal? Yeah, but like, let's say the NFL wins the appeal. Then do the players are the union, players union going to be like, all right, fuck you. We're going after the NFL now. Right. I don't know how that works. You know, like I don't know. It's just bizarre. Like, where does it end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. Stay with the legal stuff. Um, so the Miami owner Stephen Ross has been suspended, and they're docking the Dolphins their first rounder next year, and then a third rounder the year after that for tampering over a three year study. And even though Brian Flores said that the coach or the owner blatantly came to me and said verbatim, you need to go lose ball games. I'll pay you a hundred grand a loss or whatever it was. They, they, they found Ross liable of doing all this stuff for tampering, but they said, we can't find anything about losing games. Yeah, I think what the comment that was used in court was, I care more about 2020, what do you say? I care more about 2021 wins than 2020 losses or whatever year it was that, that this allegedly happened. And that's not actually telling, telling you to go lose. But if you do lose, I'm not going to care. I'm not gonna, I'm, you're not going to get fired if we go right. one in 15. Yes. That, that, well, I don't think that's that abnormal for an owner to say to his head coach. I don't. I mean, that's kind of the. De- that's why I hate tanking. That's what the definition of tanking is. Yes. So I, I don't know. I, that's just a weird one. I don't but. know. I think that was part of the whole racism suit with Flores. Yes, and yes. So that's that's a messy one. But, um, yeah, only the third time ever a team has lost a first-round pick. The first one was Spygate. The second one was Deflategate. Was, was, yes. And now this. So pretty pretty heavy penalty to pay. I would say so. And the funny thing I heard Joy Taylor say, and her brother used to play for the team. She lives down there. She knows that organization well she said the Dolphins are the only team that can tamper and not get any of the guys because allegedly they tampered with Brady and Sean Payton and Brady's still on Tampa and Sean Payton's not coaching this year so nice work guys nice work (laughs) Uh, some contractual stuff I I don't know how much you have read about the study clause I've just read headlines because I honestly don't why I mean I don't really care I I don't really care about this for Kyler Murray yeah so Kyler Murray signs his deal and in the language of the deal is a stipulation X amount of hours and four hours a week of of like study time or tape time whatever which somebody said equated to like thirty eight minutes a day or something like that a lot of black quarterbacks specifically Warren Moon have come out really offended by that. 
as and have kind of used that as, you know, those are the kind of things they used to say about black quarterbacks. We didn't study. We were lazy. We were stupid. But, and I understand that point of view. But, I mean, I've watched a lot of Cardinal games the last two years, and, like, dude, that guy's just freelancing out there. Now, I don't know if you can totally blame him for that, but, you know, obviously somewhere within the Cardinals organization, they feel like he can be doing more. Now, the fact he had to put that in a contract and then it leaked out, you know, who the hell's leaking that out? Did Kyler's people leak? It's like Kyler's people leak it out to make the Cardinals look bad. I think it makes both look bad, frankly. Because it makes it look like the Cardinals believe Kyler Murray can do more. Yes. Like, we could be more successful if you were putting in a little bit more here. And then it also makes the Cardinals look terrible because of the like what Warren Moon mm-hmm. is saying with the black quarterback thing. So I, I'm just curious like if they ever come out and find out who leaked that and why. But Because it doesn't look like, to me, any side won that whole thing. No. I mean, they took it. Allegedly, they took it out of the contract. Okay. But the damage and the point, the Point's point, the made. point has been made, yes. and the damage has been done. Yes, so I, that's that's a weird one. And then the other one, I see uh, the Niners finally re-sign or extend Debo Samuel, three years, seventy-three he, million. He, he wanted to be traded. Yeah, so it's a lot of money. Well, it's been a good year off season for for receivers. Well, and the 49ers were willing to do what the Bears have not been. We have a young quarterback who needs help. Here you go. Here's Debo Samuel, and the Bears go. Here you go. Here's Daz Newsom with his rock fists. Great. <laughs> I love we're we're already at peak Saunders oh, Bears. Just disgust. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 tune out too yet. We're almost to baseball. There's more disgust coming. Oh man. Um I know you put in two early ruminations and predictions. I haven't read a whole lot of anything on the league. We're in the first week of of stuff with I mean, do you have anything? The, I, there's one thing that I have do I need to put it on the notepad? It's not really uh it's not that kind of a okay. prediction. Right. I think the Vikings are going to be good because I've read some stuff that some guys have said last year was a mess up there with Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, week a couple to week a mess. couple guys came out and said he despised Kirk Cousins. But the players love Kirk Cousins. So something was something was not kosher up there and I think you know when you lose a lot of close games that's you can usually point back that there's just a lack of cohesion within the whole framework and that's why you lose those games and that's what we saw what they lose like six games by three points or whatever last year I think they have a chance to be pretty good I think that week one game it's up there right against against the Packers I think it's up there that's a big game that is a big game in week one in the division Whoever wins that game and gets a leg up, that could be huge. Okay. So okay. Just put that just put that so in the, the back of your mind. Good. I have a okay. feeling they're gonna be pretty good. Right. I'm not saying they're gonna win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying I think they're gonna be right there with the Packers to win that division and you know, they could be a problem for somebody in the playoffs. September eleventh, three twenty five there. Up there. Yep. Okay. So yeah. um I, li- I I'm interested to see as you're a podcast guy, and you listen to a lot of this stuff. Um, and this is actually something that I would listen to because I like the way that this is ranked as far as quarterback tiers. You were listening to uh, somebody's podcast, and they are now um, ranking for this upcoming year 
who the top tier quarterbacks are. How how many are there? Five, six, seven, One, two, four tiers okay. basically. Yeah. All right. So go through those. Um. So yeah, I was listening to Ryan Rosillo's podcast, and he has this guy named Mike Sando on every year. This time, uh, I believe he's a writer for the Athletic, okay. and he does an article uh, of where it's a the quarterback tiers in the NFL, and he talks to fifty people that work in the league. So it's six general managers, eight head coaches, ten scouts, twelve coordinators six QB coaches, and eight executives, 50 people. And they rank the players. He's got some He's got some criteria that, that he lays out there. I didn't write it all down, but you, you, everybody kind of gets a gist of who's good and who's not good. So he, they rank the players. Um, there's four tiers, but they're also ranked in numerical order as far as who people think are the best players. Okay. So number one is Rodgers. I'm going to say Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes are in tier one. Those three are one, two, three. Okay, after that, it gets, uh, and how many more are in Tier 1? Three. Oh. So there's six guys in Tier 1, yeah. Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes. I'm perfectly fine with putting Rodgers above Brady at this point. Um, Mahomes, I think last year you would have probably had him one going into the year. I think he was one last year, but he slipped a little. Okay. But, yeah, three others in uh, Tier 1. You want to guess? That's what I'm, they put... Uh, I I just have a hard time finding guys to put with those three, but if there are three more and you have to choose, you know it's 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 the intangibles, it's the it's oh. the it's the accuracy, it's the fourth quarter stuff, it's who can win you playoff games, it's you know all that kind of stuff wrapped up into a guy. Um, Josh Allen, he is number four. Oh, he is okay. Yep. Um, after that, I'm not. I, and just maybe because he won a Super Bowl and now he's on a super team, but I love uh, he put up a lot of numbers with with Detroit. Is Stafford in there? Not quite, not quite. Okay. Well, then, the, then, so then I'm out. Okay. Five, five is a little surprising. It's Herbert. And, yeah, I don't and, know about that. And he Sando said that when he talked to these people, they all went, "Oh yeah, yeah." Oh, like okay, like you stand on the sidelines or and, you're cl- up close and you watch this and guy, you know. you're like, "This guy is legitimate." Burrow, Burrow was next. He was six. And okay. you know if he if he's a little more athletic and maybe has a little bit more body of work because remember he missed half of his right. first year. Yes. Uh, he maybe is above Herbert. I would personally put him above Herbert I at would. this point just because of the playoff run. We've seen nothing from from Herbert. Not no. necessarily his fault, but they they just no, haven't been there. That's what they yeah. Okay. So tier two, uh, this has got eight guys. So Stafford's at the top of Stafford's that. Stafford's at the top of that. He's number seven. Number eight, Russell Wilson. I was just going to say him. Okay. Number nine is quite controversial, uh, Deshaun Watson, which is tough. How considering do you even he, know yeah, he, he didn't play last year. He's on a new team. That that one's a little controversial. But he was like number six or seven going into last, last year. Didn't even play. Um, number ten. A lot of people have been very fired up about his Lamar. Yeah. But you know when you lay it out here, and that's why I like these. I like to list this stuff because when you lay it out and you look at the names of Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Stafford, Russell Wilson, who's he better than? I understand he puts up stats and he has an MVP. His playoff games have been pretty bad. I just don't think you can put him ahead of any of those Mm -hmm. guys. You know, they've either got Super Bowl rings, Super Bowl appearances, or in Herbert's case, just kind of a freak. I, I like your your justification for the list because it 
I equate that to your argument about whose minutes are you taking. Exactly. List everybody in front of you and point to me why you deserve more playing time than this person. 100%. Okay. Number 11, Dak. 12 day, uh, was Carr. 13, Kyler. 14, Matt Ryan. Cart? Really? Yeah, which was a little surprising, but um, a lot of people believe that the Atlanta situation was pretty messy and he didn't have much help. So him going to Indy. For everything I've been hearing about Carr, that seems a little low for me. People think Carr's a dude. Tough. Yeah. Tough. So I, I, I might put him a little higher if I, if, if I, if well, I read that list. I don't again, know who. Again, really the only guy you, I would jump him over is Dak. And, he, and he's the spot. He, I don't know that you can put him ahead of Lamar. That's tough. Where's Kyler Murray? Well, one spot behind Carr in thir- okay, at 13. Okay, I, I would definitely put Okay, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, Kyler 13, Matt okay. Ryan 14. A little surprising. Right, yeah. So that's the end of Tier 2. The top of three is Cousins. You know, for me, him and Matt Ryan are kind of interchangeable. They're kind of the same type and of guy. Cousins has done really well, and the team has not. Okay. The next one here at, well, that would be 16. They have Jimmy G. He doesn't, he's not even going to start. No. Then the next guy at 17, they have Tannehill. 18, Mac Jones. Tied for 19 was Baker and Wentz. 20 was Hertz. 21, Lawrence. 22, Winston. Okay. I can't I mean, really. there, there's, you know, do you, is, is, do you move Hertz or, or Mac Jones or Lawrence ahead of Tannehill and Jimmy G? You'd probably move them all ahead of Jimmy G now. Yeah. And that the movement there would be negligible, you know. Yeah, you could probably take a lot of those at the bottom and and just take your pick. Maybe it, uh, it sounds like a lot of people were not disappointed in Trevor Lawrence because they knew what a debacle that was down there last year with mm. Urban Meyer and all that shit. But like he never, there was never anything that really wowed anybody. So he, we'll, we'll see what happens this year. Um and then the last tier, they only had four guys because a couple, you know, like Trey Lance hasn't even played yet and some of these guys. Um, the top of tier four was Fields, then Tua, then Davis Mills, then Zach Wilson. It's a little surprised to have Mills ahead of Wilson, but he actually played pretty well down the stretch for the Texans last year. I know the games didn't mean anything, but you got to give him his, his credit. Uh, but, you know, Sando said a lot of people – Said a lot of good things about Fields. Um, they compared Fields to Zach Wilson. You know, and Rosillo asked the question. You know, if you're if you're betting your mortgage on those two guys, which guy do you see? He said everybody believes Fields um, because of his work ethic and his character, which is always a good thing to hear. Okay. Um, we'll see if that translates into actual football. But um, yeah, that's it's interesting. Like I said, I. I I listened to it and I was and I wrote the list down as I was listening because I just wanted to visually see it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean it's it's hard. There's not a lot of I didn't have a lot of gripes. I right. really didn't. You no. know the the Jimmy G one. You know he he gets brownie points for winning these playoff games that he really doesn't have a lot to do with. He's kind of like, hey, don't don't screw this up. But but that is valued in that league. So I might. Just be, and I'm I'm not discounting anything that the people that he talked to that you talked about the GMs and the coaches and all these people. If there's one thing in the top half of that list that maybe I would do, just because of what we talked about, nothing's been won, nothing has been, we haven't seen a lot of success about. 
I might swap Herbert with Stafford. Only because of body of work that's fair. and what he's won. And I'm comfortable with Herbert being at the top and just ready to break through of that tier, of that top of tier two. But I think you gotta, you almost have to put Stafford, he's got a Super Bowl, and just monster numbers with a team that's always been shit previously. I think Stafford, especially uh, around here, what, whatever, you know, whatever the opposite of sports PTSD is, Packer fans have it with Stafford because you just own the shit out of him yes. for forever. You, you Monster wa- numbers. You watch the Lions blow games and suck year after year. But Stafford always put up numbers, yep. and he was tougher than hell, and he took his licks, and he played through it. He never complained. And and then when you saw last year when he was on a real football team with real football yes. players around him, he's pretty damn good yes. still. So, so I, that's, I, that, that yeah. would be that would be my interpretation, but that's but like you said, when you write it out like that, there's not too much that you can quabble with. Yeah. So, all right, uh, you got anything else for no, football? Or that's, that's pretty much we it. good. All right, yeah. we can uh, we can switch to the Brewers, and I'm oh, I'm, I'm gonna love because uh, I th- I mean I tried to encapsulate as much as I could today uh, on the commentary this morning, and you know you only get two and a half three minutes or whatever it is. But uh, I think we're kind of on the same page with this, and, and you have withheld some of your comments so we could talk about it on the podcast. But we'll just kind of get get to where they are right now. They've been really good since the All-Star break, getting into their game on uh, tonight against the Pirates. Um, they're two up on St. Louis. They've got the fifth-best record in the National League. They're 7-3 and three since the All-Star break. They had a very successful series against Colorado, couldn't sweep them. They won two against the Twins, which was awesome. They had a chance to sweep Boston, couldn't do it. I will call that the um, the Bill Russell game because weren't they? didn't he pass away, and they I think that was the Sunday game Yeah, yeah. when I they were so. there. So yeah. not surprised that Boston won that game. Uh, um, it, it didn't help that they had a chance to get out of a, a big inning and Willie Adamas threw a yeah. ball in the dirt to Wong's feet on a double play. Right. So. Um, and then they responded by, uh, after the trade deadline, <laughs> losing to the Pirates, even though they were up 3 nothing. But got to get you guys on base when you hit those home runs. That does work. So offense has been pretty good since the All-Star break, but that brings you to the trade deadline, unless you want to kind of filter in some comments. It's what I, I just mentioned. No, I mean... I was probably, I think that, that that Friday night game in Boston was fantastic. That was one of the most fun baseball games I've I've watched in a long time, regular season games. Woodruff was awesome. Um, it was really fun to see the Brewers and the Red Sox play a night game in Fenway. And then the Saturday game was really entertaining and fun, too, um, even though they lost. It really made me, um, I really miss being in the American League. I really do. Um you know, playing the Cubs and the Cardinals, yeah, okay. But um, I really miss, you know, White Sox, Tigers, Indians, not the Guardians, um, you know, <laughs> Yankees, Red Sox. I miss going to the Sky Dome up in Toronto. It's just, you know, we that's how we grew up. I just miss it. Um, but there was a fun series to watch. I actually felt I was feeling pretty good about him coming out of that series. I thought, okay, well, we got the trade deadline coming up. Um. I think the opportunity is there for them to go get a bat. There had been rumors about them being in on Juan Soto. I never really believed that. It's just that's not their style. And I didn't really, you know, people that are more into the minor league baseball would maybe disagree, but I didn't believe they had the capital to go get a guy like that anyway. But I thought there would be somebody that they could go out and get that could help. Um, You know, I, I thought they needed a little center field help. And um, you can always use another bat 
with this with the new DH role. But then the the deadline came about. Well, not even the deadline. No, the day Monday, before the yeah. deadline, Monday. Yep. And I'm driving to lunch. I get in my car at noon to go to lunch at at uh, at my house. Put my phone on my little thing in the car, and my bleacher report thing flashes. Josh Hader traded to the Padres. And I was like, huh. That's weird. So I got home and I clicked on it and I read what the Brewers were getting back. Left-handed reliever, uh, was the closer last year for the Twins, was pretty decent. Had been the closer for the Padres earlier in this year, had been pretty decent, but like the last four to six weeks he's been a disaster. But he's older than Hater. he's not as good as Hater. They get a, a, a another guy named Danielson Lamont, pitcher, um, I remember just watching him a couple times. Hadn't been impressed. He's constantly hurt. Um, they get a minor league outfielder, Estuary Ruiz, I believe sure. is his name. Um, faster than hell, steals a ton of bases. Doesn't sound like he has a major league bat, even though I believe he has played pretty well this year in AAA. Mm-hmm. But um, he doesn't project to be an everyday major league player. He's a guy I could see coming up at the end of the year here as a pinch runner. That's where that's where we're going to see him, but they send him immediately to AAA, and then they got a left-handed starting pitcher that I believe is in Double A, might be High A, might be Double A, but he's a couple of years away, projects to be a number four or five starter. That seems kind of light for the best closer in baseball the last three years in the middle of a pennant race. Now. I will be the first to admit this, and I told a couple of my my friends that I was texting back and forth with. I really don't know what the hell anybody's worth anymore in a trade. I don't know what jo- – I guess maybe I just have no idea what Josh Hader is worth because that seems really light to me. I We talked about this a couple weeks ago. When the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up four first-round draft picks and three players for Rudy Gobert – and then two days later, Kevin Durant asked for a trade. Well, if that's what go, but what the hell is Kevin Durant worth? Nine picks. Like, so I'm a little, I'm a little confused here on on who's worth what. But from a baseball, from a 2022 Brewers baseball standpoint, this makes no sense. So you're winning your division, and. You have the best closer in baseball who people will say, yeah, he got rocked a couple times three weeks ago. That's uh, fair. He hadn't given up a run in 11 months, people, before that. he's okay, It's okay if he has a bad night or two. And then he, he came out yesterday and said that he found out that he was tipping his pitches, which is usually what the issue is with these guys when they have this problem. And that is easily corrected. So that's not why they traded him. Um, obviously we all know and kind of figured that this was going to be his last year. The Brewers weren't going to pay 15 million for a closer. Um, they don't, they don't value the position that way, regardless of the fact that Hader is, I don't know, you're arguably, but probably your second best guy in your team behind Corbin Burns. Um, and the fans love him. He's a multiple time all-star. He's the best at his position. But they weren't. They had decided they weren't going to pay him, which I can live with that. But the timing just makes no sense. If this is all he brings now, 
when he's had a very good season, he's been an all-star, well, it would stand to reason that he probably would have brought more last winter, right? So why didn't you trade him last winter? And if you really believe what you've been telling us as fans, that you're trying to win a World Series, why are you trading your best player in the middle of a pennant race? That doesn't really make any sense. And the thing that's been driving me crazy is the brewer shills on Twitter and in the media that are – it's something about this state. Our, our, our state media is not critical of the Packers, and they're not critical of the Brewers. They're just not. I keep seeing people try to tell me how the Brewers are better today than they were on Sunday, and I don't understand. How can you trade Josh Hader, basically, for Taylor Rogers and tell me that you're better? So is Devin Williams better than Josh Hader? Because he's assuming he would be your new closer. Rogers slides into the eight hole. I just don't understand how that works. How are they better? Nobody can really explain that to me. At least not an acceptable explanation. I don't I don't care that you got two kids that may someday we might see in Milwaukee. Great. Cool. I, I I'm watching the game now. I don't care about two years down the road. The only thing I can come up with right now is that the team is maybe a little bit better and or deeper in the bullpen, and the closer is a little bit worse. Okay, how are you deeper? Because they added a bunch of relievers with 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 the guys that they got back, and now the that, the, that the, had the nothing and, to do with the hater trade. You got one guy. You traded essentially for twenty twenty two. You traded hater for Rogers. They're hoping, and this is my this is my belief. Maybe they're hoping that with now Rosenthal and Bush and now with Rodgers and Hader gone, it's a salary dump right now. Which you didn't need to do. Correct. And But we're getting it out of the way. And we feel like with these other guys and now the ascension of Williams and Rodgers, whichever way you want to put it in the back end of the games, you're no worse for the wear and now you don't have to worry about that contract situation. So to me, you didn't get better, but you didn't get noticeably worse. That's what I. That's what I think. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'm Devin Williams is closed. He, he as an actual closer, right? He's closed like four games. Yeah. I'm not talking about a night where Hater pitched the night before no. and he came in. That's not when Hater no, wasn't no, no. there. Was when he Hater wasn't was not yep. on the team because yep. he was home with his wife. And Williams was the closer. Yep. That's really been it. Yep. That's our sample size. Mm-hmm. I think he's very good, but it's it's. You know, they always say the, the, the farthest move on a bench is from assistant coach to a head coach. Well, eighth inning guy to ninth inning guy is a lot different. Rodgers has the second most saves in the National League. Yeah, but he's been terrible. I know that. but And he's not better than Hader. Correct. So are you, if, if he closes. But maybe they got back these other guys that they think are better than the dudes they already have. But you could have got those guys without trading Hader. I understand that. So that's that's the part that doesn't square with me. If I was in that clubhouse, if I was Andrew McCutcheon, a uh, uh, 30-something-year-old guy who signed with the Brewers because he thought maybe they had a chance to win. You kind of just told me that you don't think we have a chance to win. You can spin it the way you just spun it. If I'm in that locker room, I'm like, this is bullshit. They just, it, we're winning our division. 
And they just traded our star? That's what I don't understand when, and that's what I said this morning. Optically, and, it's terrible. And I'm not, I'm not in big favor of this trade at all, but I'm not also lighting the team on fire for it and, either. And, and I think I'm probably coming across that way. I don't despise the, If you just tell me you don't think you're going to win anything this year and stop bragging to me about these little playoff appearances when half the league now gets in, I, I don't care. It's not 2004 anymore. If they would have gotten, like you had mentioned at the top for this trade, a couple bats, and like you had mentioned with the DH role, and you're now able to have a projected stronger starting lineup that is hitting a little more consistently and has better power numbers, is putting up a bunch more runs, and you've patched now this bullpen situation with the loss of Hader, do you think people, would you be a little bit more in favor of this? or If they had added a bat? Yeah. Yeah, because that's their weakness. That's what I, I didn't mean, understand. Come on, that's, that's that's what I said this morning. It's there's something about. But see, the Brewer fan that we know will tell you, well, we're actually seventh in the National League in hitting. Fine, but when you score 14 runs against the Pirates in one game and you get shut out against the Cardinals in another, you're averaging seven. Right. So you can. Don't give me the, that number stuff. I watch the games. Mm-hmm. I watch the. I look at the averages. These guys are all hitting sub two thirty. They're not good hitters. Last night, prime example. They hit three home runs and four batters, and they only scored three runs yep. the whole game. There's opportunities for them to move runners over, hit to one side of the field, try to go against. They just they they're they're they either won't or they're incapable of doing it, and. I'm not, I don't know if they get Joey Gallo from the Yankees. Is Joey Gallo going to solve all their problems? I, I don't know. I had somebody at work today say, well, if you go get somebody, where are you going to play him? I go, where are you going to play him? They pinch hit last night for Telez and Wong. Wong hasn't gotten out since the All-Star break, and Rowdy Telez is your home run he's, guy. He's your best power hitter. What the hell? You pinch hit in Severino for him, and then today you DFA'd Severino? Oh, I didn't see that. What the hell is that? That is stat nerd heavy weird stuff that I don't even want to watch. Like, I, I I was, I didn't even, you know, and, and Schroeder's on there. Well, you know, Telez, he kind of struggles against lefties. He hits 220 anyway. What are you talking about? I just that that kind of stuff drives me crazy. But at the end of the day, this is all about staying relevant. And David Stern more or less said that in his statement when he talked about they want to put themselves in position to have a bite at the apple and make the playoffs every year. Um okay, I'm glad that that's your position. Um Josh Hader's comments to the San Diego media yesterday about He's glad to be somewhere that is trying to win, not just make the playoffs, but actually win a World Series. Says a lot. Says a lot. Says that he and probably other players in that locker room don't believe the Brewers are willing to do what it takes to win. Um, I texted you immediately. It's very Packers-like. And that we're going to just keep kicking this can down the road, and we're going to be good but not great. 
and we're going to fill our stadium up. We're going to sell a bunch of beer, and people are going to tailgate. We're going to sell, make money on the parking and whatnot and sell advertising. And you know what? Yeah, we got a couple playoff game revenues out of it too, but we didn't win. That's, that's all right. That's not acceptable. This, this, isn't the, this isn't the 80s and 90s anymore. We're not coming, you know, I was cool with the Badgers going to the Rose Bowl and going 10-2 and two in the late 90s. It's 2022, man. I, you should be taking another step. You've already shown me you can do that. The Brewers didn't make the playoffs for 26 years. They've now made the playoffs like six times since 08 or whatever. Cool. Go to the World Series, please. Please. You know, like, if if Mark Ignacio owned the Bucks, it, it this is probably not a fair thing to say, but this is how I feel. The Bucks would have never won that title. They would have signed Giannis. They would not have signed Middleton. They would have not have re-signed Lopez. They would have not re-signed Connaughton. They would have not re-signed Portis. And they would have not traded for Drew Holiday. And they would have not traded for P.J. Tucker. Those are the things you do when you're trying to go all in and win a title. The Packers have been unwilling to do that on numerous occasions throughout the last 25 years, whether it was Randy Moss or... You know, uh, OBJ or Marshawn or whoever it was. Khalil Mack. They could have had him. They didn't want to give up what the Bears gave up. So that's where my frustration lies. You want to trade hater? I get it. But don't tell me you got better. Don't tell me you're still trying to win the World Series this year. Because I don't buy, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm just not. I can't do it. I don't really it's have very, it's a very, anything in response. It's a very frustrating team for me to root for, and I got told, you know, well, yeah, it'd be more fun to cheer for the Reds and the Pirates. You know, they suck every year. Well, listen, I've already lived through that. It's I, I survived. I survived. And you know what that led to? It led to the Braunfielder, Hart, Hardy, Weeks era. And you know what? They didn't win a title. That was more fun. That was more fun to watch. Those guys were more fun to watch. I knew them. I got to know them. I didn't feel like any five minutes they could be gone like I do with this regime. I just don't I just don't love that. It's different than in football because it's it's one game and if you get to the postseason anything can happen. Baseball generally speaking, because it's a long drawn out series, whoever has the better talent is generally going to win. That's that's generally how it happens. So I have a hard time with what you just said in, in believing that we're, we just want to stay in the mix and get to the postseason. Well, when it's when it's different than football and you get you win the division or you get a wild card and you face a team that you know on paper as a fan, they're better than us, it's hard to accept that you have a chance. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so you get that second wild card spot. You get that first wild card spot. Now you get to play one of the top teams. How are you feeling going into that? Probably not great. Yeah. Where it's like we've seen things from football teams win on the road as a lower seed. Well, it's we, just it's one game. We it's right. one game and, scenario. And, and, and totally somebody can different. go nuts and yeah. and things can happen, but it's, you know, it, to me in baseball it's different, so I have a hard time believing that mentality as well. However, I also appreciate what Stern said in the fact that 
they don't want to hit that reset button like what you and I were talking about before we we came down here to start recording is that I don't want to see that cycle that you just talked about. I don't want to see that start over. Yeah, but I who, don't want to go through. Why is that the Why is that the other option? I don't understand. It always why, seems to be. Well, well, when are they going to buy? Why Why in the near future are the Brewers going to bottom out? Who Who are they? Yelich is like thirty. Like, are you, are you have just, left are, is him. Are, are you telling me that you're just not going to pay Burns? You're not going to pay Woodruff? Like, are Peralta and Ashby not going to get any better? Are these guys in AAA that you've been telling me about? Are they just going to come up and all be freaking Matt Laporta's? Like, I don't under, But you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. where's the other side of the coin here? Where, why are you telling? Are we? Are they close to bottoming out? I don't understand that. So, I guess then what I would say is... You don't is, eventually, someday, down the road, in six or ten years, want to be bad? And I'm supposed to care about... That? Like, come on. That's ridiculous. It's professional sports. You exist to win championships. And I know it sounds simplistic, but that's what it's for. That's what it's for. There doesn't seem to be any middle ground of... We can go for it, and it doesn't work out, and then we have to make a couple cuts to get back to where we were. But I don't, I don't even think, other than Soto, there was nobody to go for it for right now. Mm-hmm. You could have done nothing, and I think every Brewer fan would have been like, well, it sucks we didn't get a bat, but okay. Okay. But you traded arguably your best player in the middle of a pennant race while you're winning the division. I've never seen that before. I, I've never. We need to have a friend at the Elias Sports Bureau because I've never seen that before. I would just love for somebody to say, "No, actually, the '88 Cardinals did it with you know Bruce Suter." I don't know. <laughs> like, I've just never seen such a thing. Nobody would ever do that with a with a bat. Mm-hmm. Nobody would ever do that with a starter. Like the Mets are just like, eh, you know, Degrom, eh. Let's trade him to the Mariners for some stuff. Let's trade him to the Mariners for a guy who throws all these same pitches but is like 80% of him. And then we'll tell our fans, no, we're better. We're good. We got better today. All right. How the New okay. York media do with that. All right. <laughs> um, That's why those tickets are freaking $3 on StubHub. <laughs> they didn't used to be. Um. So Rosenthal, you and I had talked They. San Francisco had just signed him a couple of weeks ago, so the Brewers could have had him. He hasn't thrown a pitch in like two years. Two years. So they gave stuff up for him. Um, they Which got, was stupid because you could have just signed him like a right. month ago. So they, they got Matt Bush from the Rangers. Um, and they traded that Matthias guy who I thought I think he had been on the 40-man, but like I, I don't know. Is he's he hurt? I don't know. I don't know. I asked the guy, I go, where in the blue hell is Jace Peterson? Where the hell is he? And he's like, well, I think he, I think he's hurt something with a like an elbow or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't even heard that guy's name in like six weeks. I don't know. I guess I haven't paid that close attention. Maybe to Maybe I'm just that. stupid. I don't know. No, you're not. I might be. Um, look around the league. Uh, obviously, the big one was Soto going to the Padres and Josh Bell as well. And there's another. Uh, maybe that's why. Fans can look around the league and be like, look at these other teams and what they're doing. Well, and especially a team like San Diego, who's really not in a, a 
much better financial situation than the Brewers. I mean, they're considered a small market team as well. And they're spending a shit ton of money yeah. on a few players. Oh, I mean, they gave Machado like 300 They got Tatis they mm-hmm. got to pay. They got that Musgrove. Um, I a tip of my hat to the Padres, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. They're, they're well, and, and Cowherd said it. I heard him talking about it the other day. You know, it used to be the arms race was always Yankees-Red Sox. It's now like it's Dodgers-Padres. The last couple of years, the Padres have really kind of put their nuts on the table and said, hey, Dodgers, let's go. Now, last year they, they choked. I was going to say, you better start doing something. But, you know, they, they got two guys who this year in Soto and Hayter can be game changers. And, boy, I tell you, that 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 three four five in the middle of the lineup, I mean, other than the Yankees, I don't think anybody in baseball can top that. Did you see that Grisham won the game for him and walked it off? And, uh, Hater got and the win. Hater got yeah. the win. Yeah. So, yeah. Couple of nice former Brewers. Get used to that. (laughs) Um, Also around the league, Cubs don't do anything. Surprise! Well, they had the little reliever. Robertson went to the Phillies. Everybody thought Contreras and Happ were getting dealt, and I think uh, Jed Hoyer came out and said, "We were kind of getting lowballed because everybody kind of knew those guys were out there." But I'm still surprised that Contreras was back. I mean, if you're a contender. Which Shit, you're not. That that's a no. I'm saying about. Oh yeah. If why, you're a contender, that's why, like. Why aren't you doing a freaking that? Freaking all star level catcher. Maybe they wanted some too much for him. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Cardinals did some more moves, so they already got Quintana, and then the day later they shipped Harrison Bader to the Yankees for Jordan Montgomery. So they got two arms back. Bader hasn't played. Uh, as of for late, a while, yeah, yeah, because he's got uh, some plantar fascia injury or something like that. So. Boy. And Montgomery has been the Yankees, really their best starter the last two years. But he uh, he's another one that like his last couple of weeks he's he's struggled. Quintana's what thirty three. Seems like he's been in the league forever. Remember when Joe Madden used to just not pitch him against yes. anybody but the Brewers? Yes, and Too it was big. and and it was fairly successful. I hate Joe Madden. <laughs> and then uh, really the sad story that I saw last night just before I I went to bed in the fact that Vin Scully passed away. Longest tenured um, broadcaster for a single team in professional sports history. 67 years. 67. That'll never be broken. No. no way. Nobody will ever hire a 22-year-old and, and keep, and him, keep there him there. Who won't want to go like, to ESPN or, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's so. that's too bad. I mean, he was a legend. Um, you know, I've never really heard anybody say a bad word about him. No. So. No, I mean, I'm I'm kind of... As as an announcer who likes to listen to guys that are good at their craft, I'm kind of disappointed that he was a two time zones away. Mm-hmm. You know that I didn't have an opportunity to hear him or get him more nationally on stuff to you know enjoy that kind of stuff For because because sure. I think you know listening to him now and again would have been nice. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. And then the, what was that uh, on Saturday night or Sunday morning? We heard about Bill Russell passing away, and that's you can speak more to that. I know Michael was was talking to me about it a little bit uh, as well, obviously, being, well, a, being a Boston fan. I mean, 11 titles in 13 years. That's unbelievable. That'll never be touched. The player-coach thing was unbelievable, He won too. back-to-back uh, national championships at San Francisco yep. before that, so he actually won 13 titles in 15 years. That's just insane. Um, five MVPs. Probably could have been an Olympic-level long jumper. Just a phenomenal six foot nine athlete. Um, 
obviously, you know, the the what do they call it? The social justice aspect. Yep. He, you know, he was he was big into that back into the sixties. You know, he was at the famous Cleveland summit with Jim Brown and, and Kareem and a couple other guys supporting Muhammad Ali when uh, Ali didn't want to go in the draft. So, um, you know, he, he's a Titan. He, he's, you know, on, if, you know, on a true Mount Rushmore where you're not talking about who's the best guy, he's on it for the NBA for sure. And maybe even American sports. I mean, the player coach thing, first black professional basketball head coach and as a player coach they win the title and he's the MVP of the finals I mean pretty remarkable stuff mm-hmm. and um, you know he had a bad time of it in Boston Boston obviously has got their reputation yeah. and this is back in the you know the 60s and um, things were not good and um, unfortunately he had a pretty tortured relationship with the city. He didn't go back there very often. I think he did a little bit more later in his life, but, um, you know, and, and he's one of those guys that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. I'm in the process of doing my, my top 40 of the last 40 years NBA thing. And he's one of the guys that's not going to be on the list because I never saw him. You know, he retired 11 years before I was even born. So um, it's too bad. I mean, I'm sure you can YouTube some stuff and find it, but it's so old, it's hard to really even put it into context at this point, but it's a big loss. I'll, I'll be interested to see what the league does because they'll do something special for him. Um, you know, he was he was the guy that was the elder statesman. I mean, Wilt had passed. Um, I think he was, even though Jerry West is the logo and has worked in the league for all these years, I think it was, you know, still Bill Russell. So it's a big loss, him and Vince Scully. I mean... You know, they say it always happens in threes, so who, we need one more. Right. Well, we still got a couple days left in the week. Yeah. So. Well, and, and with, with it was really with Bill Russell passing the other day, I got to thinking, we haven't done a top five in mm-hmm. a long time. And, you know, anytime I think of something, it's always kind of fun to throw these in there. Yes. So it's, this isn't a top five, but it's kind of in the same vein. So I thought. Let's do the old if you can have dinner with everybody, anybody game. But we got to have a couple of rules. So three people alive, three people dead, and they have to be in sports. So I'll let you start Start with either one, alive or dead, whatever you want. I'll go with my, with my alive crew first. Okay. Um, and I mostly looked at this from a personal and professional aspect because with with the players that are alive and either guys that are out of sports because they're retired or they're in sports, you've heard a lot of the stories already. Mm-hmm. The reporting has been pretty good, and now with social media, there's so much information out there. There's not a whole lot that hasn't been covered for a lot of people. You know what I mean? So you can sit down with anybody and, you know, ask them about, hey, how about the time that this happened or what did you think about this or whatever? That that didn't appeal to me. So I went professional. I couldn't find a living football announcer that I was really, really keen on talking to. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what that says because I went more for personality than I did for um, importance, I guess you could say. So my three alive 
my announcer roundtable, number one, number one, no matter what, is Bob Uecker. Want to sit down with Uecker. Okay. Next, I would ask, or I would add Bill Walton to that table. Okay, that well, it would be fun. That would be fun. You'd hear some stories. Then I would add Charles to that table. Okay. Those would be my three living because of the announcers and also their history of everything that they've all done. Mm-hmm. I think just sitting back and watching the three of them would be absolutely pinnacle entertainment to me. Sure. So my dead crew would be, you just added Vin Scully, so that's that's topical. I mean, you can't say anything more about a guy who has seen more doing what he's done in baseball. He's seen more than Euchre has. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No question. Yeah. He called Jackie Robinson. Right. Um, put John Madden on that list. Guy has done it all, did it all, seen it all, you know? So, I mean, that's, and, and, and he's a colorful personality. Um, and then you put Keith Jackson on that list as well for, for, for college football purposes. Um, you know, he had been around and seen so many games. So that is my announcer living and dead list. And I think, um, you could probably go a couple of different directions on on the dead list. I want to find a maybe a football announcer now, but there's there's just not a whole lot of people I'm a huge fan of in in today's game. Okay, you know I like I mean? it. So I like it. So those are mine. Okay, I'll start with my dead because it's very similar to yours. I have Madden. Okay. I have Scully. Oh, and, okay. And my third guy's Hank Aaron. I thought about him. Yeah, because I, I, I just you know, and and for me, you went the professional route. I went more of the I want to just be it. I want to be like a fly on the wall. I want to be just sitting there. I want to listen. I ain't gonna add much. Ain't, ain't nobody here. Ain't, ain't nobody here to hear my story. <laughs> I want to hear your stories. Right. So Madden, obviously. I mean, that would just be unbelievable. Vin Scully. I mean, we just said sixty-seven years. He literally he called the Brooklyn Dodgers. Right. Both coasts. Same. He team. called the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants games. Okay, and then he went out west and. I mean, literally from Jackie Robinson to Mike Trout, he's done everybody. Um, so obviously he'd be on there. And then Hank Aaron, um, I know a decent amount about, but he's just so legendary. I mean, you know, you can go him, you can go Ali, you know, any of those kind of guys from that era would kind of fit the bill. The alive one was a little bit more of a struggle. Number one for me, hands down, and when he dies, he'll be number one for me, hands down, is Barkley. Because... Number one, wow, that's my era of growing up as a as an NBA fan. So I want to hear about that. And with Barkley, I feel like you can just talk about anything. And if he was at the dinner table with two other famous people, you'd hear the good stuff. He would he would not sugarcoat. He would tell you the good stuff. He'd tell you the R rated stuff. Sure. So Barkley's I'm number one. Really impressed that sure. you and I have three out of yeah. the f- same four. Okay. Next guy I have, uh, Pat Riley. Okay. So, Pat Riley played at Kentucky for Adolph Rupp, one of the most legendary mm-hmm. college basketball coaches ever. He played in the game, was the star of Kentucky in the game against Texas Western, the famous game against the All Black starting five mm-hmm. they made movies about. He was in that game. He was on the Lakers with Wilt and Jerry West. He lived with Jerry West and Jerry West's wife. Um, so, he's got those stories. He coached the Showtime Lakers with Magic Kareem, Worthy, 
and Dr. Buss and that whole 80s L.A. I mean, he's the inspiration for the Gordon Gecko character on in the movie Wall Street. Pat Riley is. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. The hair the suit. Oh, the hair, obviously. All of I that. Do. Yep. Okay. That's Michael Douglas based his character off of Pat Riley. Interesting. Then he's the coach of the 90s Knicks going up against Jordan every year. So he's got that to talk about. Then he goes to Miami, and he's got the LeBron Wade Bosch era. So, again, it's kind of like with, with Vince Scully, like the the depth of the, and the length of the career is fascinating. My third live guy I struggled with because I wanted it to be an announcer, and I ended up settling on Al Michaels. Do yourself a favor if you're listening to this. Google or Wikipedia Al Michaels and look at his career. It is incredible what that guy has done. He's been the play-by-play announcer for multiple Major League Baseball teams. He was briefly hired as Chick Hearn's um, analyst for the Lakers for four games before Chick Hearn got rid of him because he said he was too young. Um, He's got all the years with ABC, which include all those Olympics, including the Miracle on Ice. He's done Super Bowls. He's done World Series. He's done NBA Finals. He's done everything. And he's a he's a, a great storyteller because I've heard him on like Dan Patrick telling stories before, um, and he also doesn't eat vegetables, which I like. Right. <laughs> the but I I because I'm one of those guys I always have a hard time narrowing this down. I have to have a couple honorable mentions. They 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 were really close to making it as my announcer. Uh, Brent Musburger would thought be, about would, him is a guy that I mean you any sport. Through the decades, seen it all, tennis, football, college football, pro, NBA stuff. I mean, that would be another guy. Thought about him before I settled on Jackson on on, on, on my dead team. I, I was really close to throwing on Dickie V, but I thought that about 20 minutes in, I would just want to strangle him. I love you, but <laughs> Dickie, just take it down a notch, my friend. I love him. Oh, my God. But too much. Um and then there's two guys, NBA guys, that I don't know if I'd want to talk to them now. As morbid as it sounds, they'd probably be better when they're dead because they'd be a little more with it, or maybe 10 years ago. But my favorite analyst ever is Hubie Brown. Okay. And he also was on the Bucks coaching staff during the Kareem Oscar era, which would be really cool to hear about. And then... He probably should really be on there ahead of Al Michaels, but Al Michael, the breadth of his career just overtook it. Is Marv Albert? Mar- yeah. Marv Marv did uh, Knicks and Ranger games in New York for like forty years. He did NBA playoff games forever. I mean, he's seen everybody. He's he's the he's the guy in the NBA. But I ended up settling on Al Michaels just because like he started throwing in the Olympics and and calling. The, calling big red machine games in the mid seventies. <laughs> I mean, you're the play by play guy for Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, right. and that crew. That's pretty freaking awesome. And then all the football shit that he's done. He worked with Madden. He was on the Monday Night Football crew when we were kids with mm-hmm. Gifford and Deerdorf. I mean, he's Sunday Night with Collinsworth. He's done it all. I got a chance to meet him only for about two minutes. Yeah, when I went up to the Packers Bears with Greg Hughes, and he took me up to the booth and. I mean, the booth is probably half the size of this room. Hmm. And the amount of stuff that they can get done in that booth and the amount of people that are in there to make this happen that we don't see is unbelievable. That's just one. But uh, 
he introduced me to him and, you know, shook his hand and said, you know, I, I really have loved your career. I, I'm an announcer. I, I love your style. And I, I, I really do. Everything that you just said, I totally like. Um, I like Al Michaels probably the best out of all the, all the football announcers that are out there right now. Um, what impressed me the most was when Hugh said, you know, he's up here um, just kind of showing him the ropes. He's from my hometown. Michaels goes, oh, you're from Janesville. He knew Hughes' wow. hometown. Wow, that's pretty good. And I, I thought that was cool. A for, guy a, like, for an 80-year-old guy. And and I know that Greg, when he likes to go into the office and talk to some of these guys, he, he talks about Janesville at will, and some of these guys are probably like, yeah, yeah, okay. oh, yeah small-town boy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Small, small yeah, Midwest, yeah. 16,000, exactly. whatever. Everybody, okay, everybody's nice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that Michaels knew that off the tip of his tongue and that they, That's were, impressive. they were in Wisconsin, he said, oh, so you're from the so you're from Janesville down in the southern part of the state. And I was like, yes, I am. I, that caught me off guard, the fact that he knew that. So I thought that was, that kind of endears me to him a little sure. bit more than just, sure. the, just the fact that he knew that, you know. Well, well and, and I think with this list, at least for me, like this is today. Like, in 10 years, it's going to be a different list. Completely different. You know, in, in 10 months, it could be a different list because a bunch of people could die. Yeah, and, you know, I thought about Uke, obviously. But I just, it's kind of back to what you said initially. I feel like I've heard, it's like your grandpa. Yeah. And this is no disrespect to Euchre, but, like, I've heard all grandpa's stories. <laughs> You've heard them multiple I, I, times. I, yeah, I've heard parts of other stories that I may not have heard all of, but I, he'll start talking about something. I'm like, okay, I think I've heard this. Right. That's, you know, I don't know that there's an R-rated euchre. Maybe there is. Maybe there is. But R-rated Barkley, I mean, come on. You heard Norm McDonald talk to Letterman about when he's well, up in the booth with Euchre. That so is true. There's got to be there's, a there's, time when Euchre gets a couple I, and stuff well, happens. And, and that's, again, it, it's kind of like the Hubie Brown, Marv Albert thing. Like, give me Euchre 15 years ago, I'm in. Euchre today, I don't know. He's probably, <laughs> he'd probably going, he's probably the first guy to leave. Got to go fishing. You know, <laughs> he's, he's only having one beer. Right. You know. Okay. Where Charles is going to stay and hang all night. Oh, yes. And and he'll probably talk you into doing some gambling. I'm going to say, Charles, what do you think about uh, this guy Goldberg who I work with? Oh, <laughs> uh, the Goldberg. <laughs> man, I listened to him. That was terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, th- those were good lists. I can't I can't fault any of your picks there. You made you made good picks. Um, I was really surprised that I settled on two living basketball guys. You know, but I mean, there's such big personalities. That's why I love watching the Maui Invitational for to hear Walton. You know, in in Thanksgiving, and that's well. The thing and, with and, those and two guys though me, is like, you know, you you could. It doesn't have to be basketball. With no, them. it could be anything because those guys. Walt, if you listen to a game that Walton calls, he barely talks about the game. Yeah, Dave Pash is like the greatest traffic cop ever for a play by play guy. Sure, trying to and Dave Pash from from Madison. Trying to rope Walton back That's into what the hell they're talking about. Job in the Ernie, world. Ernie's the best in the studio, and yes. I think Pash might be the best play-by-play guy I've ever heard. He's got to deal with Shaq and Barkley. Yeah, just back. Yeah, that'd be tough. All right. Well, we accomplished a lot. We'll try and get this going uh, every week. My schedule's going to pick up with high school and and Whitewater, so uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be trying. But uh, I think we did a lot. We covered a lot of ground this week. A lot, a lot of territory. Yeah, and you know. Don't don't fret, Brewer fans. I know the emotions are running hot, but hey, you know we're gonna make the playoffs. So 
We'll look that you got that in Get there. that We Made the Playoffs Again t-shirt that they've sold the last, I don't know, eight years. Whatever. Thanks for listening and downloading and subscribing. And please pass the word along to your friends. We would love to get this going and uh, more people listening and commenting and all the feedback. We, uh, we do like it. So uh, until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you later. Come on, Brewers. Let's go.